Hello, I am Bob Mooney. I am a Bible teacher in the local body of Christ, and I have been an interim pastor of a home church for a number of years. I hope you find these Bible lessons a blessing and of practical value. Well, this is our sixth lesson in studying 1 John, and today we'll look at man's two great denials. We'll look at who is the liar, us or God, and how do we get through to a God of light. But first, let's look at a review of our lesson five. And in that lesson, I commented that Christians I have been closest to over the years are not the ones who appear to have it all together. The ones I have been closest to are those who are teachable, correctable, and are like clay in the hands of the potter. They are the ones who, through confession and repentance, are improved by the Holy Spirit. In a nutshell, they are the ones who are broken by God and not the ones who refuse to admit they actually have flaws. To walk in the light does not mean that we are flawless or sinless, but that we acknowledge that we are sinners but we are also people who confess and repent when we do sin. As Christians, we need to keep short accounts with God. That is, we need to be sure we are in a position to hear from Him by walking in the light, following Him, and when we trip and fall, we get up, repent, and keep walking with Him on this road of life, all the while holding His hand along the way. Well, let's look at man's two great denials. And our text again comes from 1 John, the first chapter, verses 5 through 10. And this time I'll read it in the New Living Translation. This is the message we have heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. So we are lying if we say we have fellowship with God, but go on living in spiritual darkness. We are not practicing the truth. But if we are living in the light, as God is in the light, then we have fellowship with each other, and the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. Well, our first denial is that man denies what he is. In verse 8, If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Let me ask you, do you believe our nature is good or is our nature bad? Paul answers this in Romans 7.18, again in the New Living Translation. And I know that nothing good lives in me, that is, in my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. So, to claim we have no sin means that we deceive ourselves. In other words, we are self-deceived rather than deliberate liars, and the truth, the reality, is not in us. We are living in a dream world. We might fool ourselves, but we can't fool those close to us, and we certainly 
can't fool God. Again, in Romans 7.18, I know that nothing good lives in me that is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. Liberal politics and liberal religion believes that man is basically good. But Paul teaches us here in Romans that nothing good lives, lives in us, in our sinful nature. Denial number two, man denies what he has done. We see this in verse 10. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. Often people claim that I'm not responsible for what I've done. It's not that bad. Everybody does it. It's just human weakness. But for heaven's sake, don't call it sin. Oh, I was brought up in a broken home and in poverty. I'm a victim. But don't call me a sinner. Sin is rebellion against God, period. It's not a disease. It's a deliberate act of rebellion. On the other end of the spectrum, there are those who say, I'm incapable of sin. Sadly, those who claim this are the religious people. The Gnostics of John's day were some of those who claimed that they were incapable of sin. So, who's the liar? Us or God? Once again, we'll read 1 John 1, 6-10, this time in the NIV. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Three of the false claims of the false teachers in 1 John are introduced by if we claim. John Stott writes in his commentary on 1 John, a person's verbal profession is not necessarily to be, to be believed. It must be tested in itself, in its relation to the fundamental truth that God is light, and in its bearing upon behavior. In other words, we must be very careful on our Christian walk, to walk or talk, to live as we believe. There are two results of these two denials. In verse 10, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. We make God out to be a liar and thus doing his word, his logos of life is not in us. A man who says he has not sinned has never read his Bible. Jesus came to bring us the message that God is light. God is light is the theme on the Sermon on the Mount. The message that God is love is only partly true. Now, don't hang me just yet. <laughs> Let me continue. The true theme of the Sermon on the Mount is not that God is love, but that God is light. God demands that we be poor in spirit, pure in heart and meek. Murder, adultery, etc. are not only deeds, but faults. 
God demands that we never think of revenge, but turn the other cheek. When hurt, he demands that we don't think of our rights or reputation. He demands that we don't swear or curse. We are faithful to our spouses for our whole life. No one can stand in the light of the Sermon on the Mount and say, I have not sinned. So, if this is the case, and it is, how do we get through to a God of light? In verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This forgiveness and purifying is an ongoing process throughout our Christian walk. When we do confess our sins, we need to be specific. God needs for us to know where we have missed the mark. He knows where we failed, but he wants us to be aware. In Matthew five twenty three through 24, Jesus said, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. When we confess our sins in true repentance, God has twofold response. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He's faithful, he's just to forgive, and he'll purify us. Susanna Wesley, John and Charles Wesley's mother, said, If you ever do anything that you know to be wrong and come and tell me what you've done, I'll never punish you. But if I find out that you've been doing something wrong before you tell me, I will punish you severely. So why did John not say he's faithful and just to punish? God will not punish twice what is confessed. Think about the double jeopardy laws in the United States where a tried person cannot be convicted twice of the same thing, same offense. The cross and the blood of Jesus Christ are central to all forgiveness. God will forgive the note, the debt, run up by our sin. It is canceled. God is saying here that he will cancel the debt, pay the note of our debt of sin, if we confess what he calls sin. But this still leaves a stain of sin on our personalities. He will purify us from all unrighteousness. Whereas forgiveness is instantaneous, removing the stain from our personalities is a lifelong process. It comes by cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. In Psalm 51, verses 7 through 12, David wrote this psalm after Nathan came to him and confronted him with the adultery of Bathsheba. And David says, Cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me 
a willing spirit to sustain me. Here David asks a very poignant question, a request from God to create in him a pure heart and to renew a steadfast spirit within him. This can only come after David genuinely repented from what he had done. Not only did he commit adultery with Bathsheba, he had Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, murdered. And I will end this lesson with a quote from Dr. Ian Bond. Christianity is the only religion which, by emphasizing that God is light, first insists on taking sin seriously and then offers a satisfactory moral solution to the problem of sin. The way to have fellowship with a God who is light is not to deny the fact or the effects of sin, but to confess our sins and thankfully appropriate God's provision for our cleansing. Paul wrote in, in Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Jesus came and gave himself up for us to make us holy, cleansing us by the washing with the water through the word, so to present us to himself as a radiant church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is how we overcome. This is our destiny. But it first starts with us confessing our sins. I hope you have been blessed by this message. I would love to hear from you. You can email me at rmooney at carolina.rr.com. And thank you for listening.